Savage. What's going on, Savages? Welcome to another episode of the Savage Snowflake Podcast with me, Papa Jeff. How are you? It's your dad, it's your orator, it's your dictator, it's your listener, it's your lover, it's your lecturer and your diligent student. Good to have you guys back. Apologies for the break. I realised that um, it's been almost four weeks since the last episode. Shame. 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 It's Game of Thrones. It's an old dated reference. It's what it is. Like... Don't judge it. Just love it. I uh, have got another guest for you today, uh, an incredibly talented man. Before I do that, I just want to say thank you very much to all of the uh, patrons online. I appreciate you guys for supporting the podcast. If you're not doing so yet, patreon.com slash savage snowflake. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash savage snowflake. Check it out. There's a whole load of different tiers there. If you want to get some lovely uh, some lovely kickbacks, maybe handwritten postcards. I'll do Skype sessions with you live every month. Uh, you get access to the private Discord, etc., etc. There's a whole load of great things there, and you can donate as little as $1 a month all the way up to 50 bucks. I think, is the top tier. So make sure you check it out. Also, make sure to follow me at Jeff Leach on social media. And now, without further ado, let me introduce my guest, this funny man sitting right here with his gorgeous bearded face looking like Jesus's second or third coming. Who knows? This is the new and improved Jesus. Uh, Mike Falzone, a stand-up comedian, YouTuber, also has a wildly popular podcast, one with his wife uh, yes. called this... Uh, welcome to our welcome podcast. To our podcast. Yeah, and then you have another podcast as well. Dynamic banter. Um, and that's the... that's. Uh, not how we met, not through the podcasting world. We actually mm-hmm. met doing stand-up together. Oh, no, we met first on Chrissy Mayer's show. Yes, we did. On Compound right Media. before the stand-up happened. Dude, that was so weird that we'd never met each other, and then in one day we ended up doing, doing a live a podcast or a live TV, well, radio TV show thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then doing a stand-up in the evening. And I am I think I officially gave you the title, the only YouTuber who should ever be allowed to do stand-up <laughs> comedy. I appreciate that. I don't know how true that is, but I appreciate it. I mean, name me another YouTuber who's good at stand-up. Bo Burnham. All right, but that's musical <laughs> musical comedy. Yeah. Musical comedy? It's like, I mean, it's a bit of a different... I think I he's, like so he's, smart, different. he's so smart, man. Very smart. Very smart and very talented, but also, you know, he's uh, he's not really... He's not a, like a straight stand-up. He, I think you know, only because he doesn't like it he doesn't seem to like straight stand-up that much okay he's more of a like song and dance man is how i always saw him absolutely yeah i mean that's his brand isn't it sitting yeah, down yeah, behind yeah. a piano and going hey i got a little song about something monkeys are great <laughs> when you touch their balls and then you know i remember his first um, <laughs> you're giving him no credit <laughs> i'm giving him credit he's a very talented guy i remember that first you remember that um his first video that blew him up yeah, like when he used to do it in the biggest like attic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In a little attic with the with the loft, um, his loft bedroom with that yeah. kind of sliding thing. Yeah, and he yeah, sat yeah. there with his little keyboard like, okay. And he was very much the white nerdy rapping guy. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, he hasn't deviated from that too much. He's got his brand, he's got his niche, yeah. and he's stuck with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know how he'd get on doing 15 to an hour in a, in a comedy club on a Saturday night. Do you think he'd do great? I think people would be really excited to see him. I just, I mean, maybe um, um, I just like him very much. I think he's so smart that he'd be able to figure it out if he really wanted to do it. All right, fuck it. Bo Burnham <laughs> and you are, are we the not only to be nice two. On this no, we're hundred percent meant to be nice. Yeah. Okay, good. I can be nice and supportive of people. I like being supportive of other comics, and I do think he's very talented. I can't do what he does. Yeah. Same. However. I don't know, man. I think there's a different... You need a different kind of energy. To just drop into a room and do 15 minutes. Thank and you. To be On able a Saturday to like... night when people are a bit boozy, sure. late night show, <laughs> I think Bo Burnham will get eaten alive. Okay. Whereas you did that show in the daytime. I didn't know 
you were a stand-up as well. I you made were, some you joke. You were skeptical. Dude, I was... Which I understand. Can I be honest? Yes. I wasn't happy that day. <laughs> Could you feel how... Did I, did I, I hope I didn't come off as like rude or disinterested. I didn't pay that much attention. I was, there was a, that was a very new setting for me. Yeah. Me and Chrissy went to college together. So we should so explain, this is Compound Media. There's, yeah, a, yeah, there's yeah. a podcast network called Compound Media, the yeah. home of free speech. Uh-huh. A few right-wing ideals over there. You is know, that what happens there? I mean, some of the shows are a bit either, no, they're not necessarily conservative, but they're a bit like, it's, the, it's definitely a platform where people like to make the jokes you're not meant to make. You know, sure, they're sure, very sure. much like attacking Pushing PC the culture. Pushing yeah. uh, shock jock type I'm things. definitely, exactly. It's all shock yeah. content. Uh, and I present the libtard cuck voice okay. on it. You know, that's why <laughs> yeah. they put me, really. Yeah. You're like, wait a minute, we should hear him out about pronouns. Yeah, exactly. And they're like, fuck you, dude. Oh, I mean, yeah, I'm probably not the right, right guy to talk to about pronouns, but certainly, uh-huh. yeah, but exactly. I, I'll be like, ah, you know, like, let's, uh, let's, let's try and find yeah. a happy medium for everyone. And they'll be a bit like, no, fuck these SJW yeah. pieces of shit. So cool about how people who don't really, I don't want to say anything too divisive up top, but I just hate how close everyone is and how everyone is super eager to drive a wedge in between as many different people as, as possible. That's that's what, not just politics, that's what the social climate has become. It's too bad. What identifies you as just your thing? How do we separate you into your box, your culture? And I think that's happening. I've actually talked about this a huge amount with previous guests, but also with my girlfriend. And I was talking to a guy, a, a black friend a new friend i just made a black guy gay black guy from england mm. who now lives out here and i was asking him i was like how have you found coming to america because in england he and i come from the same town we were born in the same town we never met each other before same town and then we moved to east london around the same time and he and i were talking about how there's racism but we're very much differentiated by class in america uh-huh. it's about money yeah, yeah you know yeah. so I grew up with black kids, Pakistani kids, Bangladeshi kids. Like we were all fucking poor. We were working yeah. class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not poor, working class. Uh-huh. And trying to get into a middle class way of life. That's what our parents were all, the ideals of our parents, right? Yeah. And when I came to America, it doesn't matter that everyone's poor. Everyone still hates each other for the color of their skin or what religion they are. It's so, everything is sub subculture and su- yeah. uh, sectioned out in America. It's almost like if we were at war, We'd be like, all right, everyone, we're Americans. Let's get them. That's the only thing that unifies Americans. Yeah. Is <laughs> war with foreign entities. That's too bad. Yeah. That's too bad. It, is, it sucks, doesn't it? I also don't know enough to like hold a, a very lengthy conversation about it. I never want to speak outside my understanding of the thing. Okay. But I just know how opinion, I feel. Right? As, that's all I have, yeah. really. You can take it or leave it. Well, it was interesting chatting to him because I was going like, yeah, have you experienced the same thing? He was like, oh yeah, absolutely. Because mm-hmm. the way that I would banter, like he was he was making fun of himself. Like he sent me a text going to say like, oh, here's, here's my number, mate. And he was like, oh, here's my number, bruv. This is the big lip darky from, from your hometown. <laughs> and I was like, whoa. And I was like, fucking hell, bruv. I was like, don't say that in America to Is anyone. it racist to even like this? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I didn't, I didn't send him like a thumbs up. Like, <laughs> Uh, but Jack, I hearted it. Is Jeff there a neutral emoji? T- like the lady like this? <laughs> okay. Leaving that one to you. <laughs> Not going to touch that shit. No, yeah, but honestly, yeah. it was a real moment of like, wow, like that kind of joke. Now, I would, even in England, I would never have said that joke to one of my black friends. Mm-hmm. 
but they would say it to me and make yeah. fun of their own shit. It's and your I would place go, to listen. I would go, well, at least you got lips, bruv. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know what I mean? sure, sure, sure. And make fun of my shit. Yeah. Or I go, you know, well, at least when we go sit down for dinner, I know you're going to season it. Do you know what uh-huh. I mean? Just small shit. <laughs> yeah. And there's almost like a lovely breakdown of these differences because what we're doing is laughing through those differences to find the uh, the unifying uh, similarities. Yeah. America doesn't seem remotely, especially now, politically. I mean, it's everyone's like you got to be super close with somebody to have there never be any kind of a question mm-hmm. what your intention on your comments are. Thank you. That's you know, great, and that a takes a long time. To describe it. That takes a, a long time to get to that place with a, another individual. Is your little flash uh, light flashing, or is it okay? Is it it's solid? just okay. It's solid. Okay, is it good. supposed to be? No, out? I was worried you muted it. You got such a lovely, um, sweet voice. I'm gonna bump you up a little bit. There okay, go. go ahead. Let me turn you. My on. laugh is boyish. Just don't say anything funny. Yeah, you have to laugh like you have to do I'll it go like voiceover. You have to go. <laughs> 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 anyway, as I was saying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's yeah, it's interesting. Well, tell me about the format of you and your your wife's podcast. Then, how did that? Come we about? just talk. Uh, recently, it's gotten a lot better because I'll go into it with notes, so they're like five, six bullet points that we definitely because we talk to each other all the time. Yeah, but I think the thing that you makes the show, hope so, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I pray to God that keeps happening. We never keep become talking. a seventy year old couple that fucking is just tired of each other and hates each other so much. Yeah, but I think what makes that show enjoyable and what's made it enjoyable for the past like seven or eight years or how long we've been doing it is that we love talking to each other so much and like I'm a comedian and she's a hairdresser but she has the best personality of anyone so about the same I've ever level met. of possibilities for both of you same your careers, level of yeah. income for sure yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh she's just the shit and I respect her. she's such a great judge of character and she came she's Albanian and her, we get uh, it, man, you love her. We get it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she's Albanian. She came from like a very not easy upbringing. Yeah, like they. Uh, How sexy is that? Very much so. Yeah, you know, we talk about it in bed all the time. <laughs> My chick, same thing. I could never date. I don't think I could ever date a woman who's well, had an easy say, come up. Yeah, I was actually what I've previously been saying is that oh, I can now that I date a woman of color, I can never date a white chick again. Sure. Not in this country. There's anyway. more to them. Just like, just a different set of life experiences. Yeah, that I identify with more as a you know sort of working class boy from London. Yeah, 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 dude. People appreciate. Uh, yeah, you had your own stuff, you yeah. know, and and people, you develop a very different, um, very admirable personality and set of values when you had to like, you know, kick through some barriers to have a normal life. What was your start in the world of comedy? Because obviously you've come from the YouTuber background. Mm-hmm. Um, was that the first foray into entertainment for you? No, I was a musician long before YouTube even existed. Yeah, kind of music? Uh, all different kinds, mostly rock and then um, kind of John Mary pop by myself type stuff. Oh, I'm so glad you moved on from that. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I was do- I was acoustic guitar guy in, in college and I'm not going to try to pretend that I wasn't. Did you, were you acoustic guitar guy who played Eagle Eye Cherry, Save Tonight, Round Campfires, you know, on your, like your summer break? I stuff? can't remember a fire. everything else was there yeah in the quad i was guitar in the quad guy for sure we're gonna go down to the quad and play some guitar yeah hey guys i told you keep your frisbee out of my area (laughs) (laughs) but i was i will never regret any of that stuff because it made me like want to write about interesting things i i wrote about all like the 
the mundane, like trite, like this girl doesn't like me. I wrote mm. about that a million times. And then the cool thing that came out of that, you know, that I would never regret ever is being in the corner of a, of a deli playing for three hours for a bunch of people who didn't give a shit that I was there. So that's where all my crowd work stuff and a lot of people shit on crowd work, but I pride myself on it. I love it so much. That's why you're a good stand up comedian. Uh, oh, by the way, we didn't. I didn't finish that story. I'm also a stand-up comedian. <laughs> You're a stand-up comic. Well, yeah, I mean, I said that in the top. Just but kidding. I saw you that night. Yeah. And um, that show, that day we went into that show on Compound Media, I wasn't like annoyed. I wasn't in a bad mood. But when I got there, it wasn't quite what I thought it was going to be in terms of, I've done a lot of shows on that network. Uh-huh. And it felt a bit more like, a bit more wishy-washy. So I was a bit like, okay, okay, I don't really know where this is going. Because she was discussing... This big uh, yeah, drama she had a falling she out had with, with, a, with some star. porn actress yeah, yeah, yeah. on a show. So I understood we had to talk about that. But I felt like most of the show was dedicated to that, which was a bit frustrating for I felt bad for her comics. because of that. Hmm. Because I was like, you're... You could tell she didn't want to be in that situation. Sure. And then she dedicated like the first like 15 minutes to the... Uh, I, and I in my oh, head was I, was like, like, I was like I was like it's your show. show half the show was about this fucking miserable porn actress who doesn't know how to take a joke yeah 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 and and I anyway just got to the point where I was just after I I've, I watched a clip and I'm just sitting there and I'm looking off and I'm just I looked a bit rude and I felt a bit rude on, <laughs> upon reflection I would love to watch it back and watch you be rude <laughs> I, just, I just kind of did looked a little disinterested in what was going on because I didn't I didn't give a shit I didn't give a uh-huh. fucking shit about some Porn actress getting upset because right. Rich Rich Voss said, "Oh, anybody can do porn these days." You know what I mean? It's like it's, you're there for Chrissy because Chrissy invited. She's a. I cool wanted lady. to be funny and banter about all sorts of different stuff, and we did have you know we had a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. Um, I also didn't know what the dynamic was with Remy Casimir, the other. Yeah, the other she was comic. a. I, I had not met her. I've either. met her a couple of times, but we've definitely crossed paths. And I and I said to her that day afterwards, I was like. I just got the impression. I just get the impression you just really fucking don't like me because you're kind of you're kind of cold okay. and a bit fucking like that. Yeah. And she said, "Oh no, that's just how I am." You're also very easy to just like if you look at you to fucking hate. Yeah. Yeah, I know. But you understand that. <laughs> you have a really easy to hate. Face. Especially like you got a bunch of rings on. You're tall. You're a good looking guy. What a cunt. I'm you ha- a cunt. if I met you with long hair, I would be like. All right, but they're even worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah but yeah. then all you got to do is, and you made judgments you on me. <laughs> no, 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 do it. It's self-soothing. Tell it's me not how defensive. Hot I, am again. <laughs> I need it. But then you know, all, it's same thing with anyone. You just got to get to know them, and then well, seeing, she said to me, "I'm people, like Corinne Fisher, and Corinne is someone is. who I who I very much like, and we get on very well now. Uh-huh. Uh, girls, we uh, guys, we fuck podcast. Corinne, oh, and okay, sure, I heard of Christina's. That overtly kind of like hey buddy and very like blah 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 and Corinne's very much like hey and you're like oh she hates me she doesn't uh-huh. she just very she has a wall yeah she's just, well it's not even that I think that's just her personality is a bit more restrained she's not as I'm more like Christina Hutchinson yeah and I'm like blah blah so I thought Corinne fucking hated me for the longest time and then we talked we did the podcast yeah know, she did guys we fucked and she came on this one and now we're friends and i really really Dude, value her that's one of the things i love about stand-up is that it's like the great equalizer mm. and if i'm kind of like i don't know how to think about you going into a thing if i see you do a great job especially on a show that maybe you weren't even on yeah at the beginning yeah and then you come on you do a little guest spot and you kill the room i'll have a greater amount of respect for you and I'll be much more open of to course, life of course yeah. well, also I think content creators of all kinds we 
value giving our time or our energy to people that we think are good at what they do. For sure. And authentic people. Yeah. Yeah. And I got a few friends who I value for, and I obviously won't name names, but a few friends <laughs> in comedy who I think are incredibly lovely people and I, and I value and admire who they are as people. But they're not funny. But they're not great at yeah. what they do. Yeah, yeah, Necessarily. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's other people that I think are incredibly talented at what they do and are fucking cockheads. Like sure. just absolutely <laughs> cockhead. No one ever says cockhead. I like it though. I was ready to hear it. I didn't know what I was trying to think up. Yeah. Just absolutely. I was just trying not to say cunt again. But also you understand that the people who are awesome people, that's a way more valuable trait than to be funny all the time because you also don't know what part of their journey they're on. If they're mm. an awesome person, but you know that they're the type of person that's out like Never grinding all the time. No, no, no. But like grinding all the time, they could, you can get funnier. Like, I wasn't funny all the time, but I always wanted to be. So I was yeah. probably insufferable at certain points in my career, my life. Yeah. And people who stuck it out were like, maybe he'll be funny someday. Yeah. And now I'm like very confident in who I am and I've proven to myself that I'm funny and I don't feel the need to like prove you it proved, in conversation. You or... you're funny as well. <laughs> yeah. Not that you needed to, but I, I mean like, <laughs> no, but honestly, that whole panel, it was weird because of the setup. It was weird because of the content, the subject matter for the first half an hour. Yeah. It was weird because I felt like this Remy girl hated me as soon as I sat down. <laughs> and then you were really lovely and friendly and being very funny. And then when she was like, oh, well, you're a YouTuber, blah, I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah, here shit. we go. And then you were super funny on that show. But I was like, wow, people... that was really good good lines. And then we went to the comedy club. We walked down to the, uh, the stand, right? <laughs> yeah. And we both performed. And I came off stage when you came off. Did you go up before me or after? Before. Before. And uh, you were really fucking good, dude. And that's when I think I said, oh, you should come do the podcast and let's, let's, let's yeah, you know, for stay sure. in touch. But, um, dude, you said something. What did you say? You said something right after the show when we were in the elevator and you were like, you, I knew you had me pegged as like YouTuber guy who did comedy, which I totally understand where that comes from. Because they told me you were YouTuber I have a thing and comedy. where it's like, if I think that you think you know me based on that, yeah. we have nothing to do with each other. Yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah. trying to convince you of anything. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we just happen to be going to a show where I knew that if you watch my set, it would be different. Sure. <laughs> and then we got in the elevator and you were like, you said something about YouTube comedians, but then you thought I was funny on the show so you were like oh not you you're an actual comedian do you remember what i said yeah, back to you it. yeah what do you say <laughs> i know <laughs> like you're you like, were yeah, no, trying no. to remind me that i was yeah, like no 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 don't hate don't hate yourself for being a youtuber it's okay dude yeah thank you dude thank you're you okay. I, thank don't God. worry jeff leach is valid like, yeah i was fine without that already but do you get that i'm sure you get people who look at you and you're like i get i get it um because of aesthetics straight mm-hmm. off the bat people don't want to find me funny because of the way that i look mm-hmm. um and other comedians will treat me with either well, actually it's not even whether they treat me with disdain or whatever. It, it, their insecurities very much come into play. Other comics' insecurities come into play when by the way they treat they me. By yeah. the way they treat me. So even if I'm friendly, forthcoming, lovely, and hey, what's going on? Mm-hmm. A lot of comics just be like, Ugh, yeah, dude. Yeah. So then combine that with I don't know if I want to give my energy to this person just because I only have so much energy to give. Well, that's and a very mature and developed somebody, way of looking at it. Well, I'm 35. I'm still, yeah, but dude, I'm 36 in a week. Yeah. And I still, I still care to some degree about what people think of me. Sure. Especially it's not, my not peers, especially thing. talented peers. Yeah, yes. Yeah, good comedian. Same. I do want a good, I want good comedians to go, oh, he's fucking great. He killed mm-hmm. 
he went up on and, and killed it on that show. Yeah. I don't want them to ever go like, oh yeah, you know, he's all rings and fucking open shirts and there's nothing <laughs> else to him. Um, but I also have stopped caring about moderating the aesthetics. Yeah. I did that for the longest time in New York. New York uh-huh. comedy does that to you. What what did it make you change about yourself or want to change? About I, when I arrived in in New York City, I was wearing sleeveless sleeveless cuffed shirts, open down to here. All the rings, I had the long hair, skinny yeah. jeans, all that shit. And uh, over the first six months, I got so much shit around the mm-hmm. table at the cellar that I started wearing just plain black t shirts. Took all the rings off. I ended up cutting the hair eventually because just, of that. Mm, yeah, I really toned down everything aesthetically mm-hmm. because I didn't want to rock the boat and I wanted to be at least respected for being a good comic if they weren't going to respect anything else about me. I have questions for you, but it's your podcast. So That's how right. does that you work? Know, it's a two-way conversation. Uh, do you get compared to specific people a lot? Sure, yeah. You get Russell Brand a I lot? I got Russell Brand in England and when I came to America with the long hair, I got Russell Brand. So, then I got Chris D'Elia for a while, yeah, English Chris D'Elia. Just because you had a beard and long hair. Exactly, um, and now, and now it's mostly Brad Pitt, Johnny Depp. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know why you're laughing. Yeah. I know why I'm laughing. Henry Cavill. <laughs> I don't know that. When is. I take my show off, Henry Cavill. When sure. I take my show off, okay, yeah. He's a super Superman, Geralt the Witcher. I don't watch a lot of stuff. In all honesty, that's why I'm not very gonna make attractive it. guy. Like, <laughs> why, why you not dedicate more of your off time to looking at hot dudes online? I don't know. I will now for sure. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what about you? you? You get those comparisons. I'm not done with you yet. So, <laughs> <laughs> were you at all influenced by Russell Brand? No. So Russell and I had the same agent in England oh, okay. for, for TV. I did his old show, Big Brother's Big Mouth, that launched him to success. I hosted that after that. him. I read um, the first bookie book. Oh, there we go. I read that too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I actually identified with a lot of it and I felt very close to him and we, we would come into contact with each other a number of times, both in England and in LA. And uh, he was a cunt. Mm. He's a, he's a, I, I, I'm very vocal about the fact that I think he's, his whole, um, his whole, I'm about peace and oneness and we're all in a collective and we need to, you know, mingle our entities and you've yeah. trusted our higher powers it's to like achieve. you like Yeah, yeah, yeah. But all of that shit... It's a fucking vehicle for him. Uh-huh. He's a he's a two faced, uh, vindictive, evil piece of shit. Okay, sure. And his twelve steps that he professes to have done a number of times are a load of bullshit in the uh... way that he's executed them. I know so many stories and so many of his close friends that were friends of mine as well, and girls and just things that he's done that um, just makes me go, he's not a good guy. Mm-hmm. Now people can change, and I know he's he's married now with a kid, so maybe he has calmed, maybe he has changed. Um, but until I have any kind of proof of that, I just you gotta I, see it for yourself. I'll take it from my personal experiences with him. He was a scumbag, and it was because he was insecure and he felt threatened by a guy ten years younger than right. him doing his old TV show. That's where a lot of that. Stuff but that comes motherfucker from. was wearing um, baggy stonewashed jeans uh-huh. and mm-hmm. had frosted tips in his hair when he was on MTV. Oh shit! And I was running around Camden in skinny jeans and little waistcoats. DJing at indie rock and roll nights, but because nights. he gets to a certain place first, all of a sudden you're. Well, he had a he had a stylist called Sharon uh, Sharon Smith okay. who styled him. She was actually his uh, his like personal assistant as well for a few years until he fucked her, and then their whole relationship broke down. Yeah, but um, can have sex with your stylist. Everybody knows that he was fucking her, and then he and they were like best friends before that, and then he was fucking her, and then took her as his personal stylist in LA, and then started sending her out to go and get condoms for him to like fuck other chicks and stuff to fuck his yoga teacher that week yes. whoever he was cheating on Katy Perry with that week yeah and so like you do things like that 
Anyway, but yeah, so I don't, I hated those comparisons, but now I'm like, oh, I understand. Of course, people yeah. will compare you to other people until you they just don't want to do the work in their head, especially if they don't know you. Yeah. They'll be like, oh, I recognize that thing. Maybe this thing mm-hmm. is like that thing. Yeah, exactly. People think because I move my eyebrows, I've been compared to Chris because I move my eyebrows on stage. And I'm like, dude, no other comedians. I really like Chris because he was the first person I saw that I was like, he jokes around on stage like I joke around with my friends. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, uh, like, I don't get compared to him very often, but I, I don't mind it because obviously you try to shed your influence and stuff, but there was a little bit of an influence for sure. There was, okay. And in the respect that, like... When did you start stand-up? Officially. Technically when, when 11 say? years ago. Okay. But I was in Connecticut, and there were, like, not very many chances to get up the irony um, of the fact that you've been doing stand-up longer than me as well. And yeah, I'm the one going, it's all right, YouTuber. <laughs> <laughs> but also it's like, in you know, full disclosure, I would get up and then not be able to get up for like months sure. just because there was no outlet to do it. I right. would have to get on the train from Connecticut, go to New York City, and that was like an hour and a half trip yeah. and figure it out for myself down there. Mm-hmm. And then when I came here seven years ago, that was the start of like the every Probably night doing type it, yeah. stuff. Yeah. Do you prefer the comedy out here or in New York? I, honest to God, still don't feel like I have a the full New York experience. I had it doing music, and I remember that, but it's way different. The comedy scene that I know and love and feel entrenched in is here. So I feel like here is all I know. And then I'm lucky enough to go back, and Chrissy was able to to get me that spot on uh, the stand. Then I go oh, back. that's the first time you ever performed there? First time I ever performed. I never got to go to the old one. Right. Um... I used to go as a patron to the cellar all the time. And sure, then sure, I would sure. do bringer shows because I didn't know any better at like Dangerfields or. You got to do all that shit. New you got to go, go and do all those spots. Just but there. to be able, at the point that I am now, to be able to go to the stand and then to have the booker take me aside and be like, anytime you want to come back, you come back. You met Patrick now. That, that say, yeah. is like, that feels like validating. Absolutely. For me. Oh, dude, if, I, if I'd known that that was your first time performing <laughs> at the venue, I would have dropped. Patrick a text and being like, dude, I just seen this guy. He's just crushed it. Like, I mean, you could still do that. That's nice. I will. <laughs> no, no I will. I'm chatting, I was chatting with him uh, over the last couple of days, actually. I got to email like him about nice some stuff. Guy. Yeah, he's cool. He, I mean, he, like, the world of comedy is so fickle, though. Um, I didn't get booked to that venue for like almost a year. I got booked to the very beginning when I first got to New York. Yeah. And then there was a weird tension between the, the stand and the comedy center. Mm-hmm. So the fact that the comedy center was my home club and they brought me over and all that stuff. That's so cool, by the way. I have a great admiration. For Thanks, that. man. Yeah. Um, but because of that, it was funny how even though it opened doorways with other clubs, it also made other people be a bit like, mm, well, you're that kind of comic. You're that comic from there. And you know, yeah, so therefore you've got bad. enough with it. But, Another but now, way that people's insecurity manifests itself in I think a casual so. conversation. I've actually never had the full conversation with him, for instance, as, as one particular example, about like, hey, dude, it's great that you're booking me now. Like, I, I do a show there. I produce a show there now as yeah, well. Yeah, cool. Um, and I fucking love the venue, and he and I have a great relationship. But I've never actually gone like, hey, why didn't you book me for that year? Mm. Because, A, I think it doesn't matter, you know, in hindsight. And, and, and B, I think I already know the answer. He didn't know me. They got to know you, man. They got to know you weird... and they got to want you to be there. Well, he'd booked me in for shows, but he, I think he yeah. had a weird kind of like, oh, this guy looks like a douchebag. Sure. And then decided I was a douchebag. And then it took a year um, and something, which I won't go into, but a personal thing where I helped one of his staff members out. Mm-hmm. And after that, he heard about that or knew about that. 
And I think he went, oh, I got this guy completely wrong. Yeah. And so, so it's then almost like was... they got to think you're a certain caliber of funny and then a certain caliber of person yeah. as well. And that's, you can't Tiring, show somebody man. that in a month. Unless like somebody who they respect at the utmost, at the highest level walks you in and is like, this guy. Well, Dude, same fame, thing. fame and success yeah. trump everything in the yeah. world of comedy, in the world of, you know, entertainment in general. That's true. That stamp. Yeah. As soon as somebody, I talk about it all the time. As How as the fuck does Piven get stage on, time? I don't want to talk about that. No. I, I know we had that whole conversation before. What do you want to talk about? What do you not want to talk you about? You don't want to talk about Jeremy Piven? Because I don't, I find myself in a position where it's like, I just still want do to fuck it, him a little bit. Still want to fuck him. He's very, I mean, there's, there's something about his rude, self centered, obnoxious attitude that means I really want to hate fuck him. I've never seen him on stage, but I know what all my friends think of him. And I know that. He, I get from people who book rooms mm-hmm. that have had not great experiences with him. I don't like when people who have the world at their fingertips treat people who don't like like shit. And I've right, heard stories. I've never seen it firsthand, but I've heard stories, and I don't like that. And it makes. Oh, I've never me... heard him being rude. I've, I've gigged with him on a few shows, uh-huh. and he always turned out and was reasonably polite and stuff. I've never seen to him... you. Yeah, a comic. A fellow comic. Oh, I mean, we first of all, I am a comic. I wouldn't necessarily. I mean, I, this is where my issue with him comes. Is I don't. I, I look legal side of things. Until the man is uh, proven guilty of committing a crime against any of the women who who yeah, allege yeah, things, yeah. I think you know it should go through due process. And and if he hasn't been proven to do anything, then why why am I going to tell him that he's guilty of something that he's mm-hmm. that he's not? However. I do loathe the concept of someone in their industry going, well, I'm not going to get booked now because there's a few allegations flying around surrounding me. And use it as like So a- I'll just go, I'll just do a bit of fucking stand-up. That's an easy route for me to make yeah. some money. But it's almost like... And then you the, come into a pool of people where that's their whole life and that's what they dedicate. Their f- fucking craft. Move you know. 3,000 miles away from their family to do a thing. Thank you. It's, it just felt like he was, it was like a, a fallback option for him. And yeah. I hated that. Mm-hmm. And I and I've seen him do stand up and it's yeah it's all right it's whatever you mm-hmm. know it's, it's not not great sure it's not great it's a famous person doing an open a decent open mic set yeah you know but um one thing I do want to talk about in terms of comedians we'll move on from Piven didn't even know why he came up just because <laughs> I've always got him on the brain I do really want to fuck him there is something about that I want to pick him <laughs> at up at least you know what it is oh, I just want to pick him up and, <laughs> and throw him against the wall I heard he does dress I heard he's very into nice. that. Um, oh, man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I want to talk about Ari Shafir. Okay. Because this is, I've not, I've not had a, a, an opportunity to have a conversation about what's just happened uh-huh. with anyone yet. Yeah. And especially not someone in the comedy community that I respect. So, mm-hmm. um, so just to set the back tone for people who haven't heard about it, obviously Kobe Bryant passed away. Horrendous um, accident. Doubly, not doubly infinitely more sad made more sad and, and miserable by the fact that his 13 year old daughter was on the helicopter really and another terrible. another little girl and her parents yeah, and yeah, a co- yeah like it was just a miserable fucking situation something that shouldn't happen to anyone um Ari Shafir made a joke on Twitter about it had a huge amount of you know and it was it was very the joke the concept uh, sorry the, the construct of the piece that he wrote the tweet he wrote was very much not a well-crafted joke. It was very much just like, fuck Kobe, he should have died 23. He just, he just died 23 years too late. You know, Like there was this no like, joke part of it. Yeah, there was no real joke part of it. You know, yeah. fuck the Lakers, blah, 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 blah. Now, 
Um, Which I understand. I don't well, know. Well, it's first like thing is that's shit. not his joke. That's not what the joke was. Okay. The joke is the Irish affair. Every single time a notable celebrity dies, he'll come in with it. He makes a horrendous line or joke about it mm-hmm. immediately. Like the minute he hears about it, he goes straight on Twitter and writes a horrendous, mean spirited, shitty post about that person mm-hmm. to kind of mock the idolizing of celebrities that we're quite guilty of as a, as a global community now um, to point out that no one is any better or any worse than anyone else. We're all got our own skeletons in the fucking closet, right, including right, right. these superstar celebrities. And just cause they're dead doesn't mean suddenly they're a hero to you, mm-hmm. you know, and, and how people pander and fawn over people once they're, they're gone. Mm-hmm. Posthumously will celebrate anyone yeah. for the most part, you know, unless they yeah, were yeah. a Weinstein or whatever. Sure. Um, so that's what the joke is. He constantly does this. That's the joke. I always say something shitty about people's celebrities' deaths. Mm-hmm. But he also didn't dig into the research even remotely enough to see what the nature of the death was and that there was a couple of little girls involved in there and that there was, you know what I mean, all these horrendous extra additions. Yeah. If Kobe had been driving his car and plowed into a fucking wall and he made that joke, there still would have been backlash, but infinitely less. Right, different situation. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and... What has happened since then is that he's had death threats, multiple death threats. His grandmother, his mother, um, and father's houses, all of their addresses have been released online. People were making comments like, I hope someone goes around there and fucks her up about his grandmother in Malibu and shit like that. Like, Like just like really bad mean nasty shit people have been phoning the his family's phones and mm-hmm. and threatening them and then he had tour dates where people were phoning up the comedy clubs and saying if he performs if you put him on your lineup or you let him perform i'm going to come down with guns and shoot up everyone in that audience jesus christ so terrorist threats yeah thoughts mike falzo oh come on you're gonna leave me there yeah man i mean that's that's the that, that's the background for everyone i'm interested to hear what other people think about it you know I um I don't uh I don't know man. I I honestly feel like it's not my place to say whatever about anyone. This and is not I, about I, Ari. I this is about to... comedy, free speech, jokes sure. versus reactions to those jokes and how where where are we allowed to get upset about the reaction versus, you know. I think maybe that's a personal thing and you're allowed to get however upset you want. All I could say is that like for me personally, I didn't think it was very funny and then I didn't pay attention to it and then it really didn't have any kind of effect on my day, you know? You sound like a balanced individual, Mike. Well, I'm not really in the business of, I could recognize wrongdoing. Here's what I got the most bummed out about. Okay. If this dude is saying this stuff about this horrendous thing that happened to a, a father and a sports legend and his child online where everybody could see it and then his remaining children go to school and have to deal with that about the loss of their father and their sister or whatever then that's terrible yeah i don't know what to do about that but i do know that i don't like that but also i just didn't pay attention i didn't give it any of my energy as comedians we need people to pay attention to us and we need people to give them give us their energy. Those are the people who, who give us their money and come to shows and enough people stop paying attention to you. Then it just ends. Yeah. And I think the worst thing you could do, worst punishment you could do to a comedian is not like shoot up their grandmother's house. It's to just stop paying attention to them. Yeah. 
and uh stop going to see his shows stop yeah letting, you know yeah 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 and i'm like what's you know what good is he gonna he gets shot what what good is that gonna do yeah, well, they go, that's revenge for him saying shit about this guy dying. Now but he's then, dead. Like, where How does, does that, that stop? Oh, no, I know. It's absolutely fucking mental. Mm-hmm. I think it's, we're, 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 we're at this place right now, certainly in comedy and in the comedy community. A, a number of comedians called him out. Yeah. And added fuel to the fire going, yeah, fuck Ari Shafir. His jokes, shit. That whole stick of shit. He's a talentless hack, blah, 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 blah. Now, first of all, to every single one of those comedians, I want him to... Pull their fucking virtue signaling heads out of their own asses for a second to acknowledge a couple of things. Ari Shafir is neither a hack nor a failure. Well, he wouldn't have gotten any audience at all if he was bad at comedy. He's a hugely successful comedian. That's what I'm saying. With it's like the a people... TV show called This Is Not Happening that he fucking right. curated and created <laughs> that's widely successful. He tours to sell out audiences all over the country. Mm-hmm. So to call him a hack or a, or a talentless fucking idiot is, is just, first of all, you're just categorically wrong. Yeah. But... It's this split between, it's a very difficult position to be in because one side of me is a massive advocate for free speech in comedy. Mm-hmm. And I think that if you make a joke and if the joke is distasteful and is designed for an audience that likes distasteful comedy, which is his audience, mm-hmm. if it's people who like to hear the worst possible shit that you can say, which is definitely what a lot of his material is skewed around that. And it has an audience, a huge audience. Yeah. If that's what it is, no joke should be met with, I'm going to go and shoot your fucking family or I'm yeah. going to come and sh- uh, to, uh, carry out an act of terrorism when you're it's like how do He ma- made a bad joke that was terrible, but if you threaten his grandmother with violence, it's yeah. like, who is better? Exactly. I mean, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Absolute scumbags. But that's a, that's that's people with, with three brain cells, you know, barely enough to rub together. Mm. Those people will make comments like that or say things like that. I'm sure a lot of them were fucking 15-year-old kids just making nasty phone calls sure, and sure, nothing's sure. going to happen. Yeah. But very scary when your family's being threatened with violence because of a joke you made online. when you're, yes, for sure. God, God, you know, uh, bringing people in the family that aren't involved in it My grandparents already dead. Do you yeah. know what I mean? My so, mum and dad don't even really like me. Thank so I'm goodness. Covered. I'm covered. <laughs> yeah. People start threatening my parents. I'd be like, don't threaten them. They don't even fucking like me. They'll join the mob. But super scary to be a uh, a performer where your income is based on your, here are my live dates. Here's what I'm going to be mm. every day yeah, this yeah, year. Yeah. You know, if I say something terrible, here's here's where I am. I had a little um a little spat online recently <laughs> with uh with uh, a small group of people um i thought you were just gonna say a race after that <laughs> with an entire race maybe you've heard um, of them they're called the whites. irish they're called the, they're called the white people uh me and the whites don't see eye to eye on a number of things and they all know where i'm gonna be <laughs> no but dude honestly i had um i had like a i had like a i i defended uh michael che he um he had a, a spat with some fucking I'm not even gonna say the guy's name I can barely remember I can't remember what his surname is anyway some some fucking failed hack failed comedian doesn't do stand up anymore mm-hmm. clearly didn't couldn't cut the fucking you know couldn't cut it in the industry and now writes shitty think pieces on blogs you know to, to take mostly taking down other comedians that's sure. just that's a stick anyone who does that for a living you got to look at your fucking self in the mirror mm-hmm. which he clearly doesn't do enough based on the images I saw of him and he could do with you know. Trying to better himself in every fashion. Uh-huh. This motherfucker 
I stood up for Michael Chan and just went, ah, it's never like the fucking super successful, super hot, super charming comedians that are attacking their peers in the industry, is it? It's always the failed fucking hacks who've got something to write except a good joke, right? And this guy got really upset and sent his community across and, you know, every single one of his community were a bunch of fucking neckbeards, you know, blah, 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 blah. Just, just weird fucking... Sure. Cri- uh, uh, fuck you, man. Mm. Anyway, three of them... Um, three of his followers were very adamant. I, they, they were very, very aggressive and very uh, online. And I said, and maybe it wasn't the best idea, but I said, uh, I said, well, listen, I said, I'm, I'm open to debate this with anyone, mm. like to my thoughts. And I'll explain to you exactly why I think the way I am. But if you threaten me online, come to my show. Here's the date. So I gave him the date. I said, I got a show tomorrow night. It's here. It's at this time. Yeah. The show I have is to from- bring 10 people. <laughs> <laughs> If you want to have a fight, bring 10 of your friends. <laughs> Preferably don't. A two drink minimum. Exactly. Yeah. But seriously, like I was just like, if you want to if you want to debate this, you probably don't want to come see my comedy, but the show finishes at nine. I'm more than welcome to come down to the venue and I'll have a conversation with you in person about uh-huh. this. Like you threatening me online doesn't mean a fucking thing to me. Sure. Come down and talk to me. Yeah. Pull up. Yeah. Anyway, all these three people, I had a little back and forth, and I even sent them little DMs, and I went, "Hey, just to remind you, here's the date, here's the venue, this is when it is, and I'll be outside after this you time." Send them the flyer. For the oh, show. dude, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was these three guys. Unsurprisingly, not one of them turned up. Hmm. So I took the time out to unblock all three of them to send them another personal message, going, "You didn't pull up." Every time you go to bed, just imagine my face leaning over you, whispering into your ear, "You're a bitch." Every morning and every night, right? I said that through. Now, I'm laughing about it now because it's funny. It's funny to troll the trolls, right? Yeah. It's funny to do that. There's two parts to my my thought, though, is as a comedian, I really do think if you're willing to hide behind a handle and every single one of these guys, most of them is like a, a weird little avatar picture or like a hidden face or whatever. They're all those kind yeah. of guys. Even the fucking super right wing ones. Yeah, it's, yeah, a co- yeah. it's them with a gun and a fucking handkerchief around their face. Uh. You know, acting like they're big tough guys or whatever the fuck it is. But... I'm going, come down. Come down, motherfucker. Come and talk to me. Mm-hmm. Come and talk to me. If that's yeah. really what you want to do, you want to argue, I haven't got time for it here, but I will have time for it tonight after my show. But wouldn't it be cool if they came and legit just talked? Oh, wonderful. And yeah. you could like understand everything about each other. Well, here's, here's the and deal, man. And it immediately goes this to like, yeah, I'll come down do with a knife. There you go. This is why they would you never know? do that. Because if they came down and had a conversation, first of all, they're going to look up into my six foot four face <laughs> and they're going to go, okay, maybe a fight's not a great idea. Well, let me just tell this guy, you're, by the way, Jeff, I think you're a fucking bitch. And I go, okay, why do you think I'm a bitch? Uh-huh. And I would have a conversation with and them. And then they have to explain why. Yeah, I go like, tell me what it is that you're so fucking angry about that you had to give me that vitriol on, online. Yeah. Now, the from from all the good supporters the, the the feedback on those things is don't engage with those people so even to ari it's like he's definitely taking the thing of just going look he explained himself on instagram he put a few posts mm-hmm. and went fuck the world blah blah blah. see you later this is how i feel fuck the lakers you know i'm sorry that his i didn't know that his daughter was involved in the crash I didn't know there were other people when i saw it i just saw the news article kobe dies in crash uh, in helicopter clash and i and i put my joke out on twitter right so it's like and i don't make jokes like that but I do think that if you're willing to threaten people online, like pull up or you should be really be taken to task. Like you mm. should, you should, you should, there should be some kind of criminal process. If you tell someone I'm going to come to your fucking show and shoot you and your fans. Yeah. You should have a fucking knock on the door from the police later on. Yeah. Because if his words, yeah. sorry, I didn't keep cutting you off. No, no, no. I was just agreeing. I was just going to say if Ari's words, and don't get me wrong, I think the joke was shit. 
I don't like his joke. Yeah. I don't follow Ari, even though I think he's a very talented comedian. I don't follow him because his humor is not my type of humor. We also know as comedians, I mean, it's an extreme uh, example of this, but not everyone is going to work. Of course. You know, <clears throat> it's a very extreme example of that, but... Yeah, you throw we throw shit out all the time, hoping yeah. something sticks against the wall. You know what I mean? Right, trying to find right, that right. viral hit, trying to find that viral tweet mm-hmm. or that viral fucking right. video. None, I'm not defending it either. I, I didn't I didn't like it either, but it's like No, no, but th- that's all but like the... you said, so well balanced. I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. It's not for me. So I just ignored it and moved on with my life and just I think about the the worst thing that happens to us or me at this stage of my career is if I say, I'm gonna do a show in Florida. And then no one in Florida shows up. That's the worst punishment that there could be. Yeah. You know, so the more people you turn off in a really, uh, in, in the part of them that connects with you, that's tough to get back once you turn that off. The thing is, though, with someone like Ari, especially, oh, I'm sure his there's a brand a group of, of people that is eat it aimed towards that. So for every one, for every ten people that are telling him he's a scumbag and he's going to get shot in the back of the head, yeah, there's definitely another ten who are going, "Fuck yeah, Ari, stick it to man, free speech, let's do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Can't wait to see your show." Uh-huh. Like his his career is going to be fine. Mm-hmm. That's what they don't realize. It's just all they're doing is. My my point was that I think if if his if people are professing that the words of a comedian online have so much power in people's lives to cause hurt and upset and misery and really put this vitriol onto this family that's going through what is a despicable situation no family should ever have to go through. That, that mother and the rest of the kids. No mother should outlive their child. Ever. Yeah. Ever. Uh-huh. Miserable. Um, but if that's what they're suggesting, then their words, I'm going to come and fucking stab you at your next show. Yeah. Or I'm going to come down and shoot your shit. Their words should hold that same weight. Dude, so what I was saying to my wife, we talked about this very little bit on our podcast, was you can, you, because it's America and because you have free speech, you can go back and say your own shit and give him a threatening message and do all the work to find his, you know, his family's addresses and personal information. You could take less energy and look up a donation fund or something like that. But like literally you could put less energy into it and tweet out instead of saying, I'm going to kill you and your whole family tweet out a send link. Your grandmother some non-kosher bacon. No, it has nothing to do with like Ari or Ari's grandmother or whatever. If you really want to help the situation instead of attacking Ari, ignore it, mm. which already hurts. And then say, here's the, where you could donate to help the family. Or something like that. Sure. You know, it's like because people have to get their anger out about Ari, you could just flat out like imagine the kid, you know, making a big fuss at a birthday party. Just turn your back to the kid making the big fuss at the birthday party. Be like, this is how we could help the unfortunate. Well, you're giving like considerate dad advice now. Which is, they're just doing it because they are. Ignore them. Don't give them the energy. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Which is incredibly hard to put into practice. Uh, I'm just looking sure. at cold hard facts. That if, if people are professing that the words of a comedian online mm-hmm. have damaged their lives so um, deeply, yeah. then they should be uh, held accountable for their responses. You telling someone, I'm going to go and fuck your grandmother or I'm going to come and put a bullet in the back of your head and all your fans at your show. Yeah. You should get a knock on the door from the police. Yeah, because it's a threat, man. Yeah, man. Like yeah. fuck that shit. You know, and it's it's. 
I, I don't like his. I'm not defending his joke. Yeah, I think it's a shit joke. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. I don't like the fucking comedy. It's not my. It's not my. It's not for me. In the same way that telling somebody you're gonna kill their grandmother is not uh, for you either. Absolutely not. Yeah. But also, I do think you know, in the, in my own personal experience, if you tell me you're gonna fuck me up, or you you think you you know, oh look at this faggy Brit, blah blah blah, I can fuck him up. Go like, pull up then, mm-hmm. pull up, bitch. <laughs> and you didn't. All three of you, not one of you did. Well, that's what it used so. to. When I think about being in grade school or being in high school, if you had a problem with somebody, especially like from where I'm from and, you and fuck my them upbringing, up after school. not only that, but it's like you're kiss them on the lips. You kiss them right on the lips. You look in their eyes, and no one closes their eyes. The first First person yeah. to close their eyes loses, dude. Yeah, that's the best way to <laughs> do like every you angry to situation. About, if you're in middle school or high school, and I walk up to you and I say, "If you have something to say about me, what is the next thing out of my mouth?" Oh wait, if I'm gonna say something, if I say, oh, say I it to heard my face. you say, say it, it to my face, say it to my face, bitch. That's say the to my thing face. because yeah. it's so easy to just sit in the comfort of your own home and to say whatever you want. You're a fucking YouTuber. Yeah. <laughs> You and Logan you Paul can all suck face. a fat dick. Me and Logan Paul, we're the same guy. How do you um? <laughs> do you have like good friends in the YouTuber community? Very few, but some people who have been like I've been doing it since YouTube was a website, like in January of '06. Still a website. Still a website. Not the biggest media sharing website, though. I mean, you're yeah, talking, you're talking old school, right? Yeah, I mean, since it its inception, I've been on it. Do you know, I feel like you get on really well with um, Harley Morenstein. You know that guy? A lot of people say that. I've never met him. We like He's a good dude. follow each other on Twitter. We have a lot of mutual friends. A lot of people say that you, you we'd get along. I, I met him at the same time. I actually became friends with another guy I met. Uh, we went to a WWE event. We got invited to something, whatever. And, uh, Don't brush Raw. it off like it's nothing. No, no, but it, was, awesome. it was Raw. It was like <laughs> WWE Raw, some yeah, event yeah. here in LA. Yeah. And I went, but I, no, I was invited because I was I was going with my buddy who owns a big esports organization and apparently they wanted to put money into his org. Okay. But I met him and he was wonderful. Uh, seemed very charming and funny. And also Matt Santoro. I mean, and he's he's become a good friend. Mm. But this, he, look, there's a community of fucking drama as well. YouTubers. Yeah, that's, that's why I don't really talk to many tiring. people. Tiring. I mean, same thing with comedians. It's like I have my crew of people. There's so many people who I'm very good acquaintances with, but very few people who I consider like best friends. And the older I get, I'm not trying to sound like a fucking, you know, old fuddy-duddy or... Pretty much everything you've said so far on the podcast has been dad advice. (laughs) Are you broody? Have you got kids? No, no, not yet. It's time you impregnated your wife, dude. (laughs) You know what? I appreciate that advice. (laughs) And we'll see if I get enough money to do that comfortably to impregnate my wife comfortably but uh i just don't the older i well, get you need to raise the child you don't need money to impregnate her just need a fucking a, that's not a what she's <laughs> yeah, flat service you just need a flat service and... uh i don't i don't know man it's the the older i get my number of very 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 good friends yeah. you know people drop off all the time for and you know you don't line up and your beliefs don't match up with other people your value you have different work ethics or whatever and people who i thought i was very close with drop off for one reason or another you and tana monjong are like was super tight who's that <laughs> oh ta- uh the blonde lady yeah the blonde yeah, yeah, lady yeah. lady is that's the first time i think she'd be referred to as a lady by anyone but i don't know yeah man. i i don't that's my maybe i'm i'm too i've just been on the internet too long but i just don't care 
what anybody does. I care about like but you don't me keep and as my part wife. of that ecosystem of YouTubers. I don't as, as a detriment to myself because I could make a video and be like, "This is what I think of Logan Paul," and put Logan Paul in the thumbnail sure, sure. and just get all yeah, the fucking yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, be in the suggested videos. I have good friends, friends in that community that I value their opinion very much, who are who are doing great, really smart business people, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. saying. <clears throat> there's this whole genre of video where people play like a Logan oh, Paul yeah, video yeah, reaction or review and talk videos, about yeah. how fucking stupid it is and they make their jokes or whatever mm-hmm. and because it's them and Logan Paul in the thumbnail, Cody, they get millions of views. Yeah, he's just... And I had a friend be like, you have to do that. You're funnier than all these people and you could do such a better job. But And then I'm like, but then I'm talking about people I don't want to talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would I'd much rather, rather come on a podcast and then have the host yes, systematically make me talk about every single person in the industry. I'm talking about it because we're having a, know, a fucking, nice I'm conversation. Just... But I'm never going to, on my own channel, where I can control everything I want to do, I'd much rather go to a show, try out a new joke, see why it doesn't work, go home, drink a cup, a cup of coffee, rewrite it, and then have it kill a week later. Mm-hmm. That is the most productive shit I could do. That has nothing to do with anybody else. Nothing Absolutely. to do with Ari, nothing to do with Louis C.K., nothing to do with any of the Paul family, Tana, anybody. Yeah, All of that is stuff that me and you could control. Well, you also, by doing that, uh, you don't let your content be solely focused on realistically some negativity, which is yeah, yeah, most yeah. of that content is that. I, I'm not going to deny that I watch uh, review or reaction channels, but I like watching the ones, I like the right opinion, for instance. Uh-huh. He's a British guy and he does 30 to one hour long videos, 30 minute to one hour long videos on a subject matter and it's incredibly balanced. Mm. He will look at it from the protagonist, you know, the, the protagonist of the story's point of view, from what he's heard. He does deep research. It's yeah. just his voice. He's not like a smash like, subscribe. He doesn't do any of that shit. He's yeah, very much yeah. just going, right, today I'm going to be talking about Logan Paul, his rice success <laughs> and what happened. But, and then he'll really break it down. Yeah. And I like watching him because he's actually been a guest on the podcast because he's very eloquent, interesting and balanced. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I'm not going to deny that, you know, I didn't love, you know, hatred, hatred videos and I dubs videos. Like I'm, you know, sure. there's a lot of that content that makes me f- laugh an awful lot. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I, I'm, I am, you, you're basically sort of outlining almost like the, the successful longevity of career versus clout in the short term. Mm-hmm. I think if your whole I've, business, I think because I've seen so much of it. Like I've seen people shoot straight up and then come straight down. Yeah, and I'm still around. Grade A, and, under and A. My videos, my views aren't what they were, but I can look back at everything and be so proud of it. Okay, you know, what is the kind of content that you enjoy making most on your your, your net your network and your channel? Uh, when it started, it was music stuff and then covers to kind of gain just audience. Sure, of course, people who you know grab people with a wider net, and now it's just like things that I think are really funny for a long time. When I was at my most popular on YouTube, I was giving like funny tongue in cheek advice videos, but it was always like, I, I had some near death experiences in my life. I got really sick and I wasn't sure if I went into the hospital, if I was going to come out. So you come, uh, there was one time where they caught appendicitis too late and it turned into like a sepsis of my entire body. And then I had a blood clot in my Did you have it removed your appendix? Yeah, 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 for sure. And then uh, the blood clot thing was super scary because I was like, uh, it was in my lungs. 
which is an end Did organ. Did you have them removed? Uh, it. I, I was in uh, intravenous. I had both of my lungs removed, and then I was uh, intravenous um, blood thinners. I was on blood thinners for years. Jesus, so no appendicitis, no appendix. I only no have six lungs. organs. <laughs> you better hope you never get a fucking case of chlamydia. They let me have gonna... my eyes, and they let me have my stomach <laughs> and my colon. I have yeah. most of my colon. Thank God you're married, because if you caught STD. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my dick has been gone hey, for Marky. a long time. <laughs> yeah. Um, but when I got out of there, my big thing was I remember being in a hospital bed and not knowing if I was going to come out of the hospital. I was tethered to this bed by four IVs and I was like maybe 26 and I was like, dude, outside of here, all of my friends from high school are like getting promotions and buying their first houses and, and at 26 at 26 and, uh, getting married. And I was like, I'm in this hospital bed so when i came out i was like i'm gonna be funny and i'm gonna keep doing all this stuff and if there's anything i could say in these videos to save someone younger and less experienced than me a little time time's the most valuable thing that any of us have yeah so i would try to do these things that were funny and save people time that was my absolute favorite and then I, you know, tried this craft of stand-up comedy. So now it's the first craft I remember. I stopped doing music because I kind of, I plateaued. Right. And I knew I didn't want to try to get any better. I was just trying to do what I could with the skills that I had. But at comedy, it's like I never want to stop getting better. And I've never had that with anything before. That's amazing. Yeah. I'm glad you discovered it, and you're good at it, so it's good that you discovered it. Thanks, man. Yeah, there's a lot of people who go into comedy who really fucking shouldn't. Have you found but the... They'll, um, they'll figure it out. I was going to say, is there? A, have you found there's uh, any kind of... Because obviously, look, in a very personal basis, when I first met you and we st- we talked and she said YouTuber and blah, 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 a little part of my brain, of course, had that kind of, uh, all right. Okay. I get it, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is that is that a regular occurrence? You have to when I first be- moved out here, man. It's like you got to do so much work to even have people think of you. Everyone had that. Everyone yeah, in the comedy community had that, and it would get to the point where people would come up to me after shows, like established comedians, be like, "Where well, I've never heard of you before, but you're pretty good on stage. Wasn't as good as I am now, but pretty good." Sure, as- sure. And they'd be like, where are you, did you, were you in the scene in New York and just came over? And I would have to say like, no, no, I, I came out here because I was gaining some momentum on YouTube. And I swear to God, man, you could watch the respect drip off of people's faces. <laughs> See, that's retarded because I think if, if someone, <laughs> no, I mean, well, no, we don't have to say that word anymore. But, but I mean, it's true. It's slow of mind mm-hmm. to think that way. Not disabled, retarded, very different things. <laughs> but it is because it's, there's an element of, for me it works the other way that if i i might have a preconception but i try and bury that these days i try not to have preconceptions about people until i've seen them work in Uh the way that they they say they can and then you doing well on stage immediately removes any doubts that i might have had about your ability to be a good stand-up comedian right whereas i think if someone hears that and have seen you do well and then hears your youtube and then dismisses you that's probably more born out of their frustrations for that, sure. oh here's a multi-talented but you still have to deal with I've only got, I'm, I'm struggling at my one thing you know what I mean right 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 but some of those people are bookers 
and shit like that. So it's like it doesn't matter when they decide to have their preconceived notions. Mm -hmm. They see you do good and they're like, oh, you're a YouTube person. I've had so many terrible experiences with YouTube people coming through the club and either being rude or not being able to do an hour or whatever. And then I used to get upset when they put me in a category with someone who could sell out the building but has only been doing stand-up for six months. Then I'm like, we're separate, man. So I don't even... I haven't called myself a YouTuber in years because I was... I'm I'm doing it for you on live I appreciate that so much. That's what it's going to be. It's going to be the (laughs) YouTuber. Welcome to the Three Steps Back podcast. (laughs) YouTuber and nothing else (laughs) ever. Right, right, right. But it's like, um, you know, you you work so hard to, to work off a certain stigma or whatever and i was on that site trying to be an artist before the the word youtuber was even a in anyone's vernacular yeah you know like people try to be youtubers now where i was a musician i was an artist wanting to make stuff and for a big group the of people benefit of a platform where you could share that music yes. with a bigger audience right i yeah. didn't i never wanted to come on and be like make sure you hit that bell Make sure you subscribe, you know, all the good business things that you have to do to keep the business going. I wanted to go on there, talk about what I wanted to talk about, legitimately save some people time. And of course it was like to gain a fan base and stuff like that. It wasn't, I'm not this virtuous, whatever. I always wanted to go out and to perform for the maximum amount of people. But what happens when you're as true to yourself as you possibly can is you get this like, following even though it might be smaller it's a strong following of people who will be passionate and it and and get it i can't remember who said it i have to i probably should look up the quote um but some famous artist of some kind at some point made the comment you all you ever need to have a really successful career for the rest of your life is like a hundred thousand yeah 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 hardcore like a hundred thousand people who i think it's a thousand I mean, realistically, around the world, if you if you're traveling in our industry, hundred thousand is so much around the I don't world. Know. I, I mean, I like suppose. when you think about like, look, touch wood, dude. You need ten strong fans. I got, I got a few <laughs> to carry Physically. your coffin yeah. down the aisle of the church. Yeah, I, I. What I mean is like I think I think if you if this is what I would like. Uh-huh. Uh, don't get me wrong. I would love to have the uh, to have garnered the success and the respect of of millions of people around the world for the work that I do, and I hope that I will do that. But I also know that shit's fleeting. When you're on the latest Marvel movie as an actor, or you're you know in the the face of this new thing, or whatever yeah. the fuck it may be, you might have. When I was on BBC doing big TV shows on BBC, I did have you know hundreds of thousands of fans. Unfortunately, this was in the days of MySpace when it first started. Yeah. And, and how did that work out so for So they're all dead now. Well, I mean, yeah, apparently all their accounts. Are, the transition from that to Facebook and then Facebook limited you to 5,000 people yeah, you were allowed. Uh-huh. So I had to open up. I had At one point, I had like 15 or 16 pages and was just accepting friend requests on all the different pages yeah. to try and get all the fans in one place. And then they made it possible to merge two pages. So that's why my fan page now sits at like nine, ten thousand. 10,000. Yeah. Because that's the culmination of two of those pages that I was able to into one thing sure. and all the rest I just had to close down multiple accounts some of them got closed down because they just thought they were fake because of names and stuff yeah 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 but, um, the trials and tribulations of coming up with the internet dude the t- timing for my career has been incredibly yeah. fucking frustrating yeah. but that's okay that's but also like not all frustrating you know you go through the bumps but it's also like 
you have this podcast oh, yeah, where I mean, we could sit and talk in your apartment. I haven't, I haven't had a normal job since I was 18 years old, yeah, you know, and I've always, and I've worked all the time and had, I've made money through my creative passions to live. Mm-hmm. That's a success in my, in its own right. And I, and I, and I'm happy with that. But I also think that rather than getting on a show and blowing up and getting like a millions, millions of fans, let's say I have easy a million come, easy followers. Go, man. I'd rather have a hundred thousand who fucking love what mm-hmm. I do because they will buy your albums come and buy tickets to your shows yeah. tell their friends show your videos hit that like button yeah, yeah hit yeah. that subscribe button they'll even smash it if they have they'll, to. sometimes they'll <laughs> smash it who's smashing their keyboard you know what I mean God. Fucking, ah! I hate all of it but um do you ever get people who come to your shows and been like I've been following your career for 10 years yeah is yeah. there anything better than that no it's amazing mm-hmm. but I also do I'm very knowledgeable now about who my hardcore fans are and who my hardcore fans are that support everything I do. Mm. So I have a lot of people who will be like, oh God, I, I, in fact, I had one message today from a girl just going like, oh, I can't believe you're doing a European tour. When are you going to be in London? Which is great. I'm like going, oh yeah, I'm going to be here this time around, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's in May. We just finalized a couple of dates. Oh, amazing. Can't wait to be there. So that's great. They're going to buy some tickets to my show. Um, but I was also like, I've got a podcast as well. In the meantime, you know, that comes out all the time. It comes out every week and, you know, check that out. And she's like, oh, wow, I didn't know. And it's just certain fans only can tap into certain shit you do. Sure. You got to be where, where they're comfortable being. Yeah. Not everyone is going to want to watch your videos and listen to your podcast and come to your shows. The only issue is, is with some of the fans, they they will support you. They'll always check in on what you're doing. Mm-hmm. But supporting you financially isn't or hasn't thus far been an option for a lot of fans well not everybody's in the position to sure but everyone's in the position at least i know from a lot of these people Uh they're in the position to go out and buy fucking seven or eight drinks on a friday night (laughs) one of those drinks costs five bucks or eight bucks if you live in la or new york you know what i mean so one of those drinks could be a five dollar have one less drink a month do you know what i mean one literally if, if every single one of the people that listen to the podcast for instance donated a dollar I'd have $51,000 coming in a month. Dude, that was the old YouTube thing. When people started blowing up and getting like 80,000 views, they would make a video and be like, if all of you just gave $1, I could have $80,000. But the quickest way to not get any money out of people is to ask for money, yeah. first of all. Yeah. So it's but a- you don't want to ask for money. You want to tell them what you're going to do with the money. Oh, yeah. Like I'm going to hire a producer, and- guys. I'm going to hire a producer. Dude, me and Zoya have a podcast and, and they see... Who's that? What Who? happens? Me and my wife. Oh, okay. And we have a Patreon is what I meant. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that's the only thing I've ever had a Patreon is just this one podcast with, with me and my wife. And nice. they, they see where it goes and they see us working harder and trying sex to toys. up the production value. It's a lot of sex stuff. <laughs> Buying me more Freezing organs. some eggs because apparently Mike's <laughs> yeah. not ready to impregnate her yet. I don't know what I'm going to do about I'm that. Sorry, I'm sorry, Zoe. I, I tried. I tried. She sent me a text Yeah, before. let's bring her out. Sorry. Here she is. And here she is right now in my bedroom, ready. I've given you the surface and everything. Dude, Comes out with a turkey baster. It's so nice to talk to you. I wish, I, 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 I almost, on reflection, I wish we'd spend less time talking about Ari Shafir and, and free speech and comedy. Next time we won't talk about Ari Shafir at all. No, no. I feel like there's more that I wanted to, you know, we're at an hour, so we'll, we'll wrap it. But we'll, I, I do want to have you on again because I think there's so much more that I want to learn about your take on comedy and I think you have a very unique take. I've never never had a YouTuber who is doing stand-up comedy come okay. on the come on the podcast and That's it's because you hate those people. <laughs> it's because I yeah, I get I, it. You don't have to There's only a small me, number that no, there's a small number that I actually have had the opportunity to see do stand-up and respect what they do and think sure. yeah, they're dedicated to the craft. Yeah. As you are and as you have proven to be very 
very directly when I saw you on stage. Mm. So um, thanks for taking some time out, man. Thanks for having me, man. Uh, YouTube channel is? Just Mike Falzone. It's just Mike Falzone. F-A-L-Z-O-N-E. Mike, M-I-C-K, obviously. Uh, M-I-K-E, sorry. <laughs> obviously. Mick, Mick, Mick Falzone. <laughs> the, uh, Go check out Italian Mick. Irish see if he exists. <laughs> yeah. There's got to be a Mick Falzone that fucking hates you. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, but yeah, make sure you check out Mike Falzone on YouTube as well. Give him support over there. Check out the podcast as well. So um, the There's one with your wife. dynamic banter with me and Steve. Me and my wife is uh, Welcome to Our Podcast. And these are available on all platforms, I'm assuming, across the board. Spotify, iTunes, you know Google what? Play. You know Me and Zoya's aren't on Spotify. Spotify, but it's on uh, SoundCloud and Apple, whatever, and it's okay. on a lot of other ones. On iTunes. Yeah. Um, and then also, uh, I would encourage people to go and see you live, because Please. there's no better uh, proof of uh, a comedian's ability than paying some money. You know, go and throw 10 bucks in a, in a, into a, a comedy venue, go support yeah. live comedy, and go and see Mike live, because he's very, Thank very talented. Thank you very much, man. Thank Appreciate you. Appreciate it, man. Um, and I shall see you uh, in the future. For sure. Take care, bro. Yeah. On camera handshake. On camera handshake.